Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. I think it's been great. Give me a wave if you've been around the last five weeks. We've been talking about drawing circles, not on walls like kids do when they get crayons. And you think, oh no, who gave you that crayon on that wall? We're talking about drawing circles in prayer. And we've been going on a bit of a journey because we've been encouraging you to pray hard. We've been encouraging you to confess in Jesus' name. We sung it this morning. We've encouraged you to take the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come. On earth as it is in heaven. Phil did a great message. We spoke about around praying circles around our families. I encourage you to dream big. And this morning I want to just conclude the series by encouraging us to think long. To think long. So I wonder if you'd just take your pads and your pens and your mobile phones and please come off Facebook, come off Twitter. Don't go on those things. They're all a load of rubbish anyway, okay? Just lean in with your notes. You just take in, because I'm going to fire through things this morning and I really believe it's going to help us all in Jesus' name. So Father, we thank you for this series. We pray, Lord, now in these 30 minutes that I've got, the concluding of this series, that you would speak to every one of us, young and old, and enable us to know how we can draw circles and how we can think long. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Abraham who definitely thought long. I want to give you a Bible verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through to 14. We're not going to really comment on it too much, but you'll see the significance of the passage because the writer of Hebrews is listing a number of people who are in the hall of fame because of their faith, because of their faith in God. They went through trials and tribulations and struggles, and some of you are going through some trials and struggles, and tribulations. But I want you to know that heaven is noting it. Heaven notes it today. I want you to know that he notes it, but also he is with you. Will you receive that? He is with you as you walk through these trials. And these guys here that he he lists, there's one by the name of Abraham in Hebrews 11, verse 8. It could come on the screens. All the verses will come on the screens. He says this, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. Listen, he went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith because he was like a foreigner living in tents, as did his his ancestors Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Verse 10, Abraham was confidently looking forward. Underline that. Confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah, that's his, Abraham's wife, was able to have a child. Though she was barren and she was too old, she believed, they believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Verse 13, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised. They saw it from a distance and welcomed it. So we see here just quickly, a man who had been given a promise, he'd seen a, a fulfilment of the promise of a child, 
but he saw the sand on the seashores, the stars in the sky. He saw a city whose maker was God. And he didn't see the fulfillment of all that, but actually he did. Because he saw it deep in his heart. He saw it in the language of faith. He saw from a distance. He was looking forward. Listen to me. He was thinking long. He was thinking long. And I want to encourage you in this final penultimate message of drawing circles as Arena Church. It's another stake in the ground. This is a very significant message because I want to encourage us to think long. I'll comment on that as the message goes on. One of the ways that we can think long is by we can think and pray forward. We can think and pray forward. You know, the Bible, some people say, is full of contradictions. I completely disagree with them. What I will say is this, the Bible is full of tensions. Let me help you to understand what I mean by that. One such tension is concentrating on today whilst looking forward to tomorrow. Because Matthew 6, and there's many passages in this Uh, In the Bible, Jesus encourages the listeners in verse 34 of Matthew 6. He says this, listen guys, too many of you are worrying about what you're wearing, what you're eating, you know, where where you're at. Verse 34, don't don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will have enough worries of its own. He's trying to get the people to just focus on today. Today's trouble is enough for today. How many of you know know that? (laughs) Give me a wave. Sometimes it feels like that. Today's trouble is enough for today. You can sometimes start going too far ahead of yourself. I've said to our kids sometimes, don't go too far ahead of yourself. They get that from the dad. Okay, because I'm forever thinking forward. There's a tension we hold living in today, but we also are encouraged many, many times to look ahead. It's not a contradiction, it's a tension. So in this message, I want you to live in the reality of today, but I want you to look forward. Are you hearing me? I want you to think long. I want you to think and pray forward. And what does that look like? Well, I honestly believe many just live in the realm called today. But we also need to live in the realisation of what I do today. Hear me carefully has the power to shape and affect my tomorrow. So we have to live in the realm of today, but we also need to understand that today, the realisation of what we do today has the power to shape, influence and affect a tomorrow. Thinking long is a legacy-mindedness. It's, it's, it's thinking beyond where I am today. And I honestly, you've heard me say this for those who are part of this church. It's a, it's a passion of mine. It's become a little bit of a message of mine. You know, legacy is not what you leave for people, but it's what you leave in people. Too many people are consumed with what they're going to leave for people. That's okay. But actually, I think the greatest inheritance we can leave is in people. The greatest influences in my school days were teachers who left something in me. They deposited something in me. Pastors who've deposited something in me. Anybody ever had that experience? It's not what they give you, it's what they leave in you. (laughs) And we want to be a people 
that leave a legacy in people. And we want to think long in prayer. Now you need to understand, your prayers, my prayers, don't have an expiry date. Even after you've gone. Because we live on the prayers of previous generations. We really do. You need to get that in your mind. Sometimes we think, oh, that prayer, once I've gone, you know, as believers, as Christian people, we believe we're going to spend eternity with Jesus, and we will. And when we've gone, we don't actually taste death. We pass from this life into a life to come. And we can sometimes think, well, those prayers have gone. But I want to tell you that every prayer that's been prayed has been planted in the ground of faith. And they do not have expiry dates. I honestly believe, Arena Church, even though you think you're amazing, and you are, and even though we think we're really clever, and some of you really are, the only success that we're receiving is as a result of the prayers that have been prayed generations past. We are living. That's why I know in areas where we're planting, you guys, you campus pastors are here, you are going to reap what you did not sow. <laughs> you never sowed the seed. You're just going to reap the seed. You're going to reap the harvest. I had a city father of Nottingham say to me, you are going to reap a harvest that you did not even sow because he has been sowed for the last 50 years in prayer and you're going to go now go and reap a harvest. And by the way, I'm celebrating with you. It's called sending our prayers forward, planting a seed. You may not see the fulfillment with your own eyes. You may not with prayers that you are presently praying today, this morning. How many of you, I don't want you to ask this, but how many of you are praying, not just for your children, but for your grandchildren and praying for your great-grandchildren? We do it. We pray for for the wives, for the husbands. We pray for the blessing of God to come upon them. We planted, I'm not sure I'm going to see some great-grandchildren. I hope to see some grandchildren. I'll come on to that in a minute. But, uh, you know, no pressure, Jonathan and Nanny. Okay. Uh, uh, But we're going to see our great-grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren blessed of God. Because prayers that we've prayed and prayers that we've planted in in the ground of faith. A wise... Greek man, it's a Greek proverb, said this, society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. There's an old rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, and he was taken, his thoughts were taken from Psalm 126. This isn't on the screen, just write it down, verse one. And in there, that verse, it says, the Lord, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. They were in captivity 70 years. For 70 years, there was a group of dreamers who were dreaming of something better. They were thinking long. They were living in the reality of captivity, but they were thinking of what God could do and what God had promised them he would do. And they were thinking about it. It was consuming the songs of their mouths. (laughs) And there was a Jewish rabbi who'd remembered this. And one day, he was journeying on the road and he saw a man planting a carob tree. And he asked him, how long does it take for this tree to bear fruit? And the man replied, 70 years. 
He then further asked him, are you certain that you will live another 70 years? And the man replied, I found ready grown carob trees in the world because my forefathers planted these for me. So I too plant these for my children. This is thinking long. This is not just thinking about here and now. This is thinking about the future to come. John Wesley on his obituary, who was the founder of the Methodist church. Some of you have got saved out of Methodism. It is very unfortunate to see the demise of the Methodist church. And I don't say that with any glee. And I pray again that God would breathe fire into the Methodist movement. He would light a fire. They have so many buildings up and down this, this country that need to be filled with people glorifying and worshipping God. But John Wesley left in his obituary, it was accounted that he left a few coins in his well-worn minister's cloak, hundreds of books and the Methodist church. That was his legacy. He was thinking long in 1929, a seed, I didn't know Gordon and Pat were going to be here, that it was actually Pat's grandfather. We, we honoured it this year, 90 years, planted a seed with many faithful, a handful of faithful people in this town. They planted a seed in the town and it moved forward, the work moved forward. There were prayers that were prayed in the upper room that we are now living in the fulfilment of, guys. Don't kid yourself that it's your brilliance. This is the prayers of God that has been sown in the soil of Ilkeston. And we are now reaping the rewards and the harvest. And there's more to come. There's more to come. I honour it. I honour Pastor Eric and Carol Hobson. For some of you would know them, not many of you now. And a faithful group that took the step to go and buy this site. It was an old tights factory. It was a bit beaten up the building and it didn't have all the industry around here. But they took a step of faith and they planted a seed in the ground. And we are now living under the blessing of them moving from the back streets of Ilkeston to one of the most prominent sites in Ilkeston. Let's not kid ourselves. We have the privilege of building upon the seed. Listen to me, guys. I hope you're hearing me. And there's going to be something for everybody. Even if you're an unbeliever, I want to help you with some things. You've got to think long. You've got to think long. Don't just think of here and now. Yeah, you've got to take care of your pension. Yeah, you've got to get to work. Yeah, you've got to get a career change. Yeah, you've got to get your kids to school. Yeah, you've got to book that holiday. Yeah, you're thinking about Christmas. I get all that. Life moves on. Yes? But if all you do is just concentrate on today, there'll be no thought of the future. And I'm not just about your financial future. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. Why are we planting in these locations? Because we have a desire to see God do something way beyond Ilkeston. That's why. That's why. So here's a thought. Some of you have heard me say this before. I think there's 13 Bibles here. Some of them are well worn. This one is absolutely hammered. This was our first year anniversary from Caroline and I to one another. First year of marriage. Isn't that sweet, eh? Christian thought, by Caroline with all my love. She's not here today, but 
24th of May, 1993, first wedding anniversary. Wonderful. It's a bit hammered. Loads of notes written in it. Every one of these Bibles, I'm going through at the minute. Some of them are more well-worn than others. You can see how battered this one is. They're all, I like that one's absolutely battered. This is, my, this is going to be a bit of my legacy, me and Caroline's legacy. Because every one of our children are going to get a Bible. And you're going to have my notes in them. Some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be, what was dad on about there? There's dates in there. Not my dates when I was before mum, Annie, Eleanor, because there were many of them. Okay. <laughs> Let's not go there. Okay. Sorry, John and Sandy. I've got my mother-in-law and father-in-law here. Move on quickly, Christian. Move on. Dates of memorable things when God spoke to me, when I felt his dreams that I've written in here. But by the way, no pressure, guys. I've got three of my kids, one serving in kids' church, another one's playing basketball, two girls on the front row. These are the, there's four of you, but there's, there's, there's about another 10 Bibles here for grandkids, so no pressure. Okay. But... Legacy. Now, Lisa, horrified writing in anything, she told me, I can't write in anything. I write over everything. Yeah. And there's notes in here. And this is a legacy. Because this is the best legacy that I can get, give you is the word of God. Right. And the best legacy I could leave my grandkids is the word of God. Right. And hopefully you'll then pass that on to your great-grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, your grandchildren. You get it? Yeah. And then it flows on. Because we're believing that generations to come are going to serve the purposes of God. Yes. Let me just say, you have helped this church to continue thinking long. I just have to say, guys, for those who contributed to the 2020 Legacy Fund, second year, we'll go enter into a third year next year. And some people have already asked me what happens after then. We are going to continue, there's no doubt, because it enables us to do so much more. And we want to keep sowing into the ground. Some things that we're presently sowing in are a bit tough. It's tough in those locations. It all sounds great, but now the rubber hits the road. David and Jeanette, you know, six people, then 11 people. It's not 30,000 people like Hillsong and all the rest of it. They're just plugging away. We're just plugging away in those locations. 20 people in Toulouse, but we're believing in Jesus' name. But it's as a result of your giving. It's a result of your sowing. And we want to continue to do that. So thank you so much. But there's four areas very quickly we're believing for. We want to keep thinking long. We want to keep sowing seed in the ground of training. Training. Leaders. Training of leaders. Training of kids. Training of young people. Yes, we've got the ministry school that we bought pollards. I'm putting it out there again. It's a few more than 400 pounds. We probably need 100,000 pounds. Well, we will need 100,000 pounds to convert that space. We bought it specifically as a space that we could train people through the Arena Ministry School. Interestingly, both um, Pastor Colin and Hazel sowed a seed into that fund. You were the first people that sowed a seed into that thunder. You're not going to see it, probably. Colin, certainly not. But he sees it from glory. But there's going to be something that's going to be built out of there that's going to train. You need to know that Beryl and Trevor and the family for generations to come. 
We had another guy who came to us two weeks ago at the early morning prayer. He'd come prepared. He said to Phil, Phil, we're praying about leaders this morning in the ministry school. Here's 300 pounds as a seed into that ministry school to help you to build it. I want to tell you that God is with us and God wants us to continue that quest of training people. Secondly, the seed in the ground of church planting. We're going to keep revitalising. We're going to keep planting new churches. You may say, well, why don't we just keep filling this and keep filling it to overflowing? Why do we keep sending people out? Because that's what we believe will impact the world. The greatest form of evangelism is church planting. The greatest way to plant, the greatest way to serve, the greatest way to affect an area is through the planting of new churches. And by the way, it's thoroughly biblical as well. Read the Apostle Paul. Number three, we're going to continue to sow seed in the ground of community transformation. Seeing practical needs met. I'm so glad that we have people who get baptised and people who are now serving actively in the life of the church who came to us with substance abuse, who came to us really down on their uppers, who came to us very broken and very bruised. We've got people who came from difficult backgrounds, people who haven't been educated. I'm glad that we get to do it, church. We get to do it. It's a joy to serve people. But by the way, if you're here in an Armani suit and you drive a nice car, you have as many issues as the guy who has has a bus pass and, has, and, and lives in a tent because yes. we're far away from God and we want to see our community transformed fourthly we want to sow seed in the ground of business politics arts and education wow I honestly believe why can we not raise up and this is not hype I honestly believe it with all my heart why can't we raise up the next greatest entrepreneur that's going to be on Dragon's Den and show them how it's really done yes why can't we see business leaders some of you who grow in business have got a business in your heart for God to begin to bless your business for you to be a blessing to others we believe in for politics oh my goodness if there's ever a day that we need godly politicians it's today for some of our children who are downstairs getting a passion for politics getting a degree in politics and then showing the way how it's done. Can we believe for another Christian prime minister? Can't, why not? Think long. Some of the kids that you don't know what you're handling, Justice and Anne. You don't know what you're handling with those kids. I have a feeling that your kids, God's going to do something amazing with your kids. Why can we not believe it? In politics, in the arts. All that, I'm going to say, arty-farty kind of thing. I know that's not a nice thing. It doesn't do it for me, but, you know, music and painting. I mean, uh, there's lots of painters in. But we want to impact, don't we? And in education, we have numbers of educators, teachers, people who are going to really transform the education, going to sow seeds. In the, have you got it? These are some of the things, guys, we've got to think long. And those who have kids and grandkids, you have no idea what you're handling. Those who have kids to come, you pray over them. We've got two pregnant ladies side by side. I've told, said this to both of them. Prophesy, pray over your babies. David, get hold of you know, Natalie and pray the blessing. Prophesy over that baby in Jesus' name. Corey the same. For God to do something amazing in your lives. Thinking long. I, I, I could go on all sorts of tangents. Why do we keep settling? Guys, why do we keep settling? 
We've got, somebody's got to start taking a stand and saying, it's not arrogance, but I'm, I'm just going to believe you. If, if he is the God of the Bible, if he's the God of the immeasurably more, I'm going to step in and believe for the immeasurably more. Someone, and we've got to believe, some parents have got to arise, and grandparents, and believe that over your kids. So it's not about today, although it is about today. Do you get it? It is about today. But it's not about today. So I just want to encourage you with a thought. What are we going to do for the next 20 years? Some of you say, I won't be here. Okay. But you can see it from a distance like Abraham. Whatever you need to do, sow some more. Some of you are quite old. You need to get some serious sowing going on. Okay. In these next few years. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. But you need to seriously get some sowing. Because this is where it happens. Some of, it, some of us need to get giving. Some of us need to get focused on the future ahead. Grandkids, those who haven't got children, raising up some kids around us, pouring into them. Because the next 20 years, they'll affect the next 100. That's where me and Caroline are at. By God's grace, we'll have another 20 years. Because I'm a youthful 48. Oh, come on. I thought I was going to get a better response than that. I know you could believe that if it was my wife. I'm not saying I'm here, but I just believe the next 20 years are crucial. Yeah. Just keep laying in. Keep laying in. The next 20 years are crucial. I've got my eye on this year, and I'm already on my eye on 2020, but it goes way beyond 2020. God, what are you wanting to do? I'm like Abraham, looking for that city. God, I'm looking forward. I'm thinking long. I'm praying prayers that are way beyond me and way beyond this church. Because we overestimate what we can do in one year and massively underestimate what we can accomplish in 10 years. Pastor Colin Whitaker, and for some of you who will not know Colin, because you've joined us in the last few years, he and Hazel served the Lord faithfully for many, many, many years. And in the denomination that we're part of, he was a significant player. Pastor Collins, I was preaching a message. He was always incredibly encouraging. Always encouraging to me as a preacher. And he came to me one Sunday and said to me this. He said, the Lord spoke to me this morning while she was pre preaching. I think it's nine words. It was, it was nine words. I have nine words for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I have nine words. I knew it was how many words, but nine words for you that the Lord said to me. Now, Colin's gone. But the word hasn't gone. And the Bible says it has to return. It has to bring, it can't return void. It can't come back empty. The Bible says the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is, you're all now waiting. This is what it says. I will pour out my spirit in this place. I need to say that again because that wasn't a big enough word. You need to get that. I will pour out my spirit in this place. Now let me tell you, some people may forget it. I don't forget it. The certain words I do not forget. 
I'm quite forgetful about some things, but those things not. This is the seed that has been planted in the ground. Quickly moving on. So with this thing in my mind, I've just got you to think about this for you to take it away. And then I've got three points. I want to ask you this question. You can put it on the screen. I wonder what three things you are praying over your children, your grandchildren, or those close to you for. Because we have to be intentional. Now, some of you might already be doing it, but what are you praying over? Because this is thinking long. This is thinking long. I said in, in, in Dreaming Big, and some of your kids are going to come and say some wild things to you, and they're not wildly sinful. They're actually fantastic, but they're just beyond the realms of what you think somebody from your stock could ever do. Don't quash the dream. Because why can't, like I've said, some of our kids do incredible things? I'd be a rubbish teacher, but I'd be a brilliant teacher. Jeanette, they'd be wild. They'd be hanging from the things because I'd encourage all kinds of imagination. I'd want to kill them. Sorry, that's really... I wouldn't want to kill them, but child, you know, I just... I wouldn't have the patience with kids like that. But they'd have a wild time with me. Because I want to feed their dreams and imaginations. So what three things are we believing for with them, for them to do? This is thinking long. So quickly, three takeaways, because time's gone. Time is well and truly gone. I honestly think it's really, really important that we understand this. I'm going to give you a statement, a Bible verse, and a little bit of just narrative around it. You're just going to have to keep up with me. Are you still with me? Is this okay? If we're going to think long, I really thought about long and hard about these statements, even to this morning, crafting them. So this is what I want you to understand. The consecration, and consecration means to set apart, yourself set apart, you consecrated, you purify yourself, you dedicate yourself. So your consecration of today shapes the outcome of your tomorrow. So the consecration of today shapes the outcome of tomorrow. Joshua 3 verse 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. God is unable to do amazing things, which he so desperately wants to do, because he cannot get a people who will consecrate themselves. And if we will truly consecrate ourselves, then the Lord says today then the Lord says, tomorrow I will do amazing things among you. This means to say that our consecration of character, of our cleanliness, not our outward cleanliness, but our hearts, the purity of our hearts, the way that we live our lives, the example, if we will bring all that before Jesus, and it's not perfection, but just who we are and just bring it before the Lord, God will do amazing things. And this is a challenge to us as a church. Early morning prayer meetings. First Tuesdays when we call the church to prayer. 40 days of prayer. As we hit January, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Yeah. We're not forcing anybody. We're just, it's, a, it's just another heart attitude of consecration. 
Because if we will consecrate ourselves, the Lord will do amazing things. Have you got it? Have you got it? Secondly, not only the consecration, but the planting of today. The planting of today bears fruit in the orchards of our tomorrows. The planting of today bears fruit in the orchard of our tomorrows. And John 12 verse 24 says this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. We have to be committed to planting today. And we plant it through again, through our own character. And we must be willing to just die before the Lord. But we do that as a church. We're just constantly giving away. We're just planting into, into soil. We're planting in, in, into, into ground. And we just trust God. Because as we plant, we will then see an orchard of tomorrows. God will do the immeasurably more in our tomorrows. I'm so glad that there was a Sunday school, sorry, there was a pastor who did this with my mom and her family. Interestingly, again, he had a connection here and he married, there's a lot of connections here, uh, Gordon and Pat, Pastor Bagley. Pastor Bagley, many of you wouldn't know, pastored here for a little while, just for a little while, and was in Mansfield. He went door knocking. He was of a different generation. You could get away with it then, knocking on the doors. Ladybrook Estate in Mansfield. And found a group of kids, the Brown family. And the kids went to Sunday school. And as a result of it, all four kids, because the youngest one couldn't go, she was too young. But all four kids found Jesus. All four kids found Jesus. And then that resulted in my nana finding Jesus. And then it resulted in my Grandpa Joe, who was renowned in that area for being a very violent, I've said this before, violent man, aggressive man. Big man, you know, a go-getter who, who would, you know, do whatever. He had a wonderful, wonderful transformation of grace. Yeah. A year before he died, he died at the age of 40. Brain hemorrhage, gone. As a result of that, you know, there's a connection with my dad. My dad is a first generation, none of his family. But I want to say this, and it's important because I'm sorry to mention a few people and I don't want to exclude you from it, but my sister's here and my brother's here with their families. And they have children. We have, we have children. Yeah. So we are now considered really to be third generation Christians. How did that happen? By planting a seed in the ground that there's an orchard of tomorrows. And some of you are first generation Christians and you are bringing your grandchildren and your grandchildren are going to serve the Lord. I believe it. As you bring them, they're going to serve the Lord. Some of you are sixth, seventh generation. Let may, may the generation not stop. Don't get complacent. The generation could easily stop. Let's plant seeds in the ground that bear fruit in the orchards of our tomorrows. Thirdly, the stories. Not only the consecration of today, not only the planting of today, but the stories of today shape the future of our children's tomorrows. Psalm 145 verse 4, it says this, Generation after generation stands in awe of your work. Each one tells stories. You can tell I love a good story. I can tell a good story as well. I think there's a bit of Irish in me. You know, any Irish people here? Okay, oh, no, no, is no, no. Yeah. Sorry, I was looking at Tim. Tim lived there for many, many years. My sister-in-law's Irish and there's other Irish connections here they love to tell a good story 
But it says here, generation after generation stands in awe of your work. Each one tells stories of your mighty acts. You see, the stories of your today shape the future of our children's tomorrow. What am I talking about? The stories of faith, the stories of resilience, the stories of defeat and victory, the stories of breakthrough, the stories of God's amazing provision, the stories of God doing incredible things in our lives. Yes. We tell the stories. Get the grandkids on your knee. Tell them the stories. You don't need to know about Rapunzel (laughs) and Cinderella. What's all that about? I mean, you can tell them that, but tell them your story of faith, how you found Jesus, how Jesus made an incredible difference. Some of you are handling grandchildren. Linda, get Arlo on your knee and tell him how you found Jesus. Tell him stories of faith. One generation tells the story to another. The power of our testimony. And Julie is introduced through the weekly news. We're going to have a monthly of just telling stories. We've had some amazing stories. Des and Sue Buckley sent an amazing email in. Just story of over this 40 days of God's healing power in a family member and what God's doing in the small group. And then said, we, we as a small group, we're going to Toulouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So they're going to Toulouse. We're going to line it up and, you know... Not full time. We won't let them have them go full time, but just uh, for a, for a little. I don't think they're here today. Richard and Alison Kirk. Uh, she's really been hit by uh, some sickness. We don't know why. Alison and just really knocked her off her, off her feet and unable to walk and whatever. And yet, just in the context of a church service, the announcement of God and just God coming. God's touched her. She's testified to the fact that God has touched her. God is helping her. These are the power of our testimonies that we need to tell the stories of today that shape the future of our tomorrow. Time's gone. As Abraham, as Abraham did, can I encourage you, can I encourage those who belong to this church, Can I encourage you as husband and wife teams and as family units or on your own to look forward, to pray hard, to dream big and to think long for the sake of this world. I need to just say that all that I'm talked about this morning, did you notice it was nothing what you could get? It's all that God could do through you. To touch this world that so desperately needs to be touched and reached and helped and healed. Just bow your heads. I wonder if the guys would just come on the platform for a minute. You might be here, one of those.